Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Their Story Matters right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is the wonderful Laura Surya. We're going to be talking about Isabel, Isabel's story of life after death, of suicide, of bullying, of what her life is doing now that she has passed over. She went through some incredible torment in her life, and it wasn't a question of just opting out. It was a feeling I can do more good from the other side. So we're going to be talking about bullying today, about why people choose suicide over everything else, and uh, how now Isabel's story is inspiring other kids, other people out there, that before they go and do that <sighs> sometimes irreversible journey, to the other side of how they can heal themselves, how they can get through this. Um, Laura herself, she has a master's degree in education, a bachelor's degree in early education. She's a teacher, mentor, and a coach. Later on in life, she decided to further her education to several different healing areas, which includes sound bowl therapy, uh, pranic healing, and practitioner in QHHT, past life recognition. Uh, regression and she's here today to raise awareness about that life-changing event that took the life away from her healthy fun loving amazing individual beautiful daughter Isabel so welcome to the show love thank you very much to lose a child in any way at any age is horrific it's the parent's worst nightmare but when a child actually takes their own life it's almost like a double whammy isn't it Yes. It's very hard. Mm -hmm. It's very hard for just immediate family, her friends, um, her teachers, everyone that has known her, our community um, has been devastated as well. I don't think people think of it when they're in that horrible space of there's nowhere else to go. Nobody cares. You know, until they see the community come together afterwards. And it's like, I wish I knew. I wish I could have done something. But one of the horrible things about people who are in a depression or feeling that they're in despair, they'd feel so alone and they don't realize that they're not alone. But they don't hear that or see that at that time, do they? They don't. And then they sit in their bedrooms and they cry. Um, they don't hear people. They don't feel anything anymore. They're surrounded by their own thoughts and negativity that they perceive that uh, everyone is against them, um, including social media and things that they read. Um, and it's not always the case. They don't see the true side of others as well. Mm. Um, so that's kind of where we come in uh, with, you know, cyberbullying and bullying and, and, 
what we can do to make a difference in our communities. Mm. Um, I had somebody I was about to interview a couple of weeks ago and I had an emergency call about canceling because her 15 year old daughter attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. Thank God, it, you know, she didn't end up going, well, it didn't take, but you know, and the mother always thought that she was positive, <laughs> that she was okay. And again, we don't always know the face, do we? Now in your case, mm-hmm. Isabel went through a great deal of trauma. She did. And so you knew the struggles and the difficulties she was going through. And I don't know, did you think, well, we've got a handle on this? Or, you know, was it something that um, she just did out of the blue? Well, at the beginning, we had a a handle on it. And then by the end, um, we tried everything. Um, And it got to the point where it was just so much pain for her that she just felt like it was her time um, and that she did what she needed to do here on earth. And um, she was finished. Um, She was done with the pain. She had physical pain. She had emotional pain. She had trauma um, with all the trauma that she had gone through. I think that was one of the the biggest things that kind of set her aside. I think that we could have made it through the rest of it if we Mm. didn't have so much trauma behind it. And let's talk about some of those traumas because they could push anyone over the limit. Mm-hmm. Well, we had several. It started out in 2013 with um, a vaccination um, that made her very sick. 13 days later, it was actually the Gardasil shots. Um, she ended up um, at the emergency room by ambulance um, and with very labor breathing. And it was five years of continuous pain and struggle to figure out what it was. At the time, we did not pinpoint it until we look back um, upon all the series of events that had happened. Um, She was a competition cheerleader. She was very active. She was high in grades. Um, We traveled all over the United States for cheerleading. She... um, she played volleyball and basketball, and I was her coach for both of them in grade school. So we had a fantastic early life. Um, she went to a school that was um, very small, um, a little Catholic school in our town, and all the kids were all together, um, and we they played a big part in um, lives growing up. And as she got older, it got harder when you go to high school, you oh, yeah. know. Um, you have social media is an issue. We had, you know, the Twitter, the Instagram, the Snapchat, things that I could not see. Right. Um, and even um, text messages. The things that she showed me were not okay. And um, we did everything that we could. And when you're sick and you're laying in bed for so long, you know, you lose your friends or they continue to go on their lives why you lay in bed and try to figure out why your stomach hurts or why your head hurts or why you can't function like you used to. And we went to, we even went to the Mayo Clinic and um, tried to figure out what was going on. And then I think the icing on the cake was the problem was um, the friendships dissolved and wasn't there. And then she was sexually assaulted by three boys. And, um, At the time, I don't think she realized how 
impacted it was because she was um, I'm uh, drugged. Um, yes. She was drugged, um, and it took us months afterwards to figure out what was going on. Even after we went to the Mayo Clinic, um, 29 days after the, the sexual assault. And when we found out, we did. We went to the police. We, we went to the school district. We went to the superintendent. We tried everything. We pulled her out of school so that she didn't have to see right. um, the kids um, part that was taking part into this. Um, to this day, the case is still open. Um, so moving on from that, it was very difficult um, because then once everyone found out, you know, that we were pursuing a case, then the cyberbullying started hard. It was very hard. Um, people didn't support her like they should have. Right. People didn't come forward and speak to the police like they should have. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of, you know, people take a lot of blame about things that they didn't do and they should have done. Well, you know, that's something that you have to bear now for the rest of your life, yes. but how can you make a difference? How can we make a difference? I, we forgive all those who are involved because that's what we have to do to heal. Yes. And that's what I, how we teach our teens is you have to forgive. Um, you don't have to forget, no. but you have to forgive to move yeah. on. And that's one of the reasons why we can move on as a family, as a unit. And we had a long talk with our family. You have to forgive. Mm. The problem is with cyberbullying, especially, it's behind a screen, right? You're not facing somebody and telling them that. Um, it's a hell of a lot more cowardly and it also gathers momentum and people will go and say and, and do things that they would never have the courage to do face to face. So it's a very, very cowardly way to do it, but you've got people egging each other on yes. and, you know, it gathers a momentum and the next person, it's a hysteria that happens. And what you don't realize, you lose sight. This is a life you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. And people don't realize one word can mm. trigger somebody, you know, what triggers that person? What, what is their, their weakness? We mm. all have weaknesses, you know, and when you attack somebody, when they're down, yeah. it's really difficult for somebody to lift themselves up to find that light to move forward. Bullying's been around since the beginning of time. I just had a conversation with my brother in the UK and I was telling him about the show we're doing. And, and he was saying he was, he was at an all boys school. I was an all girls boarding school. But he remembers at the age of 10, boys trying to rape him or trying to kiss him. And it's like, you know, it was a completely subject one never talked about to anyone, anything like that, you know, God, I'm not going to tell anybody. And, you know, and now we, you know, we're asking people to share but at the same time especially with rape we've still got so far to go because immediately is well what does she do to us for it not the accountability on the guys no. not the accountability at all not like oh they're just sowing their oaks they're just boys will be boys well if boys will be boys and that's their behavior we don't want them to grow up to be men we want to change right now because that behavior will carry on and they will think it's all right because they're a guy 
And accountability is something we teach our children right from young. So why does it suddenly go sideways when we hit the teen years? Well, something that was brought to my attention was in her, one of her health classes, she ended up being um, homebound. And one of the teachers were uh, her cheerleading coach because she was a varsity cheerleader at the freshman level um, at the high school. And she said in the class, her husband teaches, which is health, the boys thought it was okay to rule the girls. And she's like, what? This Pardon is me? a big eye opener. Like, yeah. you, you wear this and you do this and you do this. And she was taken back and she said, that's not how it's supposed to be. And they, it was their privilege to do what they did. And it, it, they had to, this is teenagers. So where does that start at? Does that start at, at home? Yeah. Um, and thinking it was okay. You know, what's a really sad thing is, is when we called these parents um, that were involved and we um, talked to them, my, my child wouldn't do that. My child wouldn't do that. Would not, would not acknowledge at all. No. And that, and, and called her every name in the book. And yeah. it was really difficult for us because here she was super sick. She was sick. We let her go out on a new year's party um, to hang out with her friends. And yes, they were probably drinking. She was drinking from somebody else's cup and they were watching and they yeah. ended up, um, she ended up where she shouldn't have been. And where was the rest of the people? She said there were right. 50 people at this yes. party. Yes. Why didn't somebody stand up until it was too late? So yeah, we, we can't turn a blind eye. You know, everybody out there, it's like, uh, oh, thank God it wasn't me. Well, it could have been you. And, you know, in next time it might be you because nobody's bothered to stand up and say, this is wrong. You can't do this because they're so scared of losing the popularity of not fitting mm -hmm. in. Right. It's like, uh, oh, you know, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be the, the, the snitch. And I don't want to be labeled that because now it's going to the attention is going to be on me. And it's the entire societal of so afraid of people turning on them or not liking them or ousting them out or blaming them that you know they're so scared to come forward and stand up for anybody and it's like if you don't stand up for someone you are a part of the problem you're just and that's what happy. happened mm -hmm. and that's what happened nobody stood up for her and they called her every name in the book and they cyber bullied her they text her we sent it to the principal, we sent it to the superintendent, and, and to his face, he said, you, you didn't do anything when I had an issue, you didn't stand up for me. So the, when she passed, the week after she passed, um, I went to the school board and I said, this kid was a student here and you didn't do anything to stand up for her rights. Yeah. Um, and we were on Channel 4 News, the local news, mm -hmm. and we did everything. And then there was a lot more people coming out. Um, there's a lot more coming out and yes. I can share more and more. There's probably 10 to 12 girls that got sexually assaulted or raped by these three individuals. They call themselves um, a name. And there was something that was that came out and they're still getting by with it. What's the law doing about it? Well, we went to the law and they didn't do anything. They said that 
it was her word against theirs. And what about these other 12 girls? I mean, surely. We're waiting to see if they come forward. They need to come forward. They have to go to the police. But the problem is, is, is the same thing. They will get bullied. They will get um, oust. They will, people won't, uh, they don't believe in them. That's the problem. Right. We're in this still very sexist, misogynistic world. And, uh, um, you know, it's so sad in 2021, we're still discussing this. But as you said, it starts in the home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, behavior is learned by our children. And it's either something they watch on TV or something they see at home, uh, the way the father treats a mother, um, the privilege, you know, I'm male, so therefore I can do anything I want. Woman is subordinate. Uh, this is all taught. This is not something they're born with. And so somewhere along the line, we have to literally go back page by page to everything that's being taught and have a really good look at it and go, what is this really saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we need to do something. And that's what the foundation is for, is to make awareness, to draw awareness um, and make a difference um, and help people. Um, because there's so many people who are struggling right now and they're struggling because of pain. They could yeah. be struggling because of um, isolation right now, isolation. And we're seeing that right now overseas because a lot of them are committing suicide yes. and it's, they're fearful. You're afraid of what's going to happen down the road. You know, um, they're afraid of taking the vaccination. I'm hearing it every day, you know, um, there's so much more than, than what we're seeing. Um, our eyes are not wide open. We need to open our eyes and be able to make sure that we can help people who are in pain because pain is pain, no matter where it comes from. It doesn't matter if it's physical or emotional pain. I can't measure somebody's pain, no. but I can help them guide it through the pain and help them learn through what's going on and how, how we can manage that pain to see the other side. With Isabel, we did. We actually did go to a pranic healer. She had two past life regressions. She got to see her future. She was able to, I think, see the other side. Um, I'm, I'm really thinking that's what happened. And that's what I hear often. Yeah, she, um, she knows that she could do more work from the other side than this side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's hard for people to understand that mm. um, because of their religion or what yeah. they believe um, it has nothing to do with the religion. It has spiritual yeah. and she was very spiritual. She would meditate um, and she was able to use her crystals and we staged her room and we did everything we could do to make sure that she was on that, that spiritual plane of where she needed comfort. We, we, we strive for that comfort. Yeah. People don't realize is that we actually do a soul contract before we come here and we yeah. come here for a reason. And, you know, and Isabel, when we first talked, you know, uh, very strong because um, Willie Jones, who I interviewed, a musician, did a beautiful song, which we're going to close out the show with in tribute to, to Isabel. And, you know, when we were talking, I, I could feel Isabel. And, you know, she's saying, it's okay, I'm all right. Mm -hmm. I'm all right. I'm at peace. I've never been so much at peace. I've got work to do. And, you know, she's got a purpose now and she's working through you and working through the people that you gather through. And it's about helping stop that person commit suicide. You know, that, 
that one moment beforehand, I would say there's still hope. Mm -hmm. You know, why do people commit suicide? Because they feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. Hopeless, like there is no other answer. There's no other way out. No one cares. They feel trapped. You know, as they say, <laughs> they regret it afterwards sometimes. In her case, mm -hmm. it was a choice. It was a choice because she knew she could do more from the other side. For others, it's like, I wish I hadn't done that. I had so much mm -hmm. more to do. Why did I allow myself to do that? And being a spiritual person is what's allowed her to be as strong as she is now and have such a presence. And with you and, and all of you in your, let's talk about her brother, who's 16 and who is, uh, who obviously lost his sister mm -hmm. and you know, obviously what happened to her, you know, that's a weight on his shoulders as well. Um, but what he's doing about it right now, because he's decided to be proactive, hasn't he? Yes, he has. He, she passed away when he was 13. So he was in eighth grade. So he's quite young. Mm -hmm. um, he was going about his own life, you know, worrying about playing soccer and playing mm -hmm. sports at school. And then this all happened. Yes. You know? this all happened and this trauma happened. Um, now, um, as we've moved away from our hometown, um, we decided to just pick up and move. Yeah. And we did. And we picked up and moved to a different um, state, which is 17 hours away in, in Florida. And we decided that we're going to just see how it happens, what happens and, and give him a new start, give him a new, you know, just take a breath, step back and enjoy his life and not worrying about what everybody else thinks about him. So we did do that um, and decided that uh, we signed on our house um, Wednesday to sell our house in, in Illinois, where we were from. And that has given us a lot more clarity. Um, he has got more clarity. He's actually able to step in and and he does his own meditations. Yeah. He's able to communicate with her in his own way. And by doing this, he sees that she has set us on a path. Yeah. And that path couldn't start until after she set us on that path. Yeah. So we were going through our daily lives, doing what we needed to do. And then she jump started it, I would say. Yeah. Um, and our path was, you know, to help the youth, to yes. help individuals who feel the same way she does because we all seen what she went through. Right. We all know that pain because we went through that pain. He's been through the pain of trauma. So now he is able to help other ones, other people who actually feel that hopelessness. Yes. That fear, that pain, because we've been there. And in a lot of ways, even more relatable because of his age. Yeah. Right, you know, we you're talking as a mother in your loss, and you can talk to another child, mm -hmm. but having another child talk to an, their own age group and speak about the trauma, the pain, and everything that it does, it in it has probably in sometimes more relatability with his own peer group than you know sometimes us because we're stepping up, we're saying this, and they just go, yeah, but you don't mm -hmm. understand. You're not young. You're not at school. You're not in this environment. We've been there. We've gone through it. We know what it's like. But you know, it's we're adults, and sometimes the, if to them it's just like you're something from the twilight zone. But having somebody from the own age group stand up and say, this is the trauma. There is hope. You can get through this. You're not alone. I think has such a great impact. So the work that he's doing 
is most certainly probably going to change a lot of lives. And he has, um, and many of the lives that he's changed are friends that he has had back in, in Illinois. And, and also here, we actually attend what's called um, the Center of Eternal Light. Um, it's, a, it's a place where you can buy a bunch of crystals and uh, it's a spiritual place. And when we walked in, um, there was a lady that her daughter had passed away and she was beside herself. And I started speaking and then Logan just stepped right in from where I finished and give him, give his opinion on it. And she's like, I felt so much better after being able to talk to him, knowing that I can continue going on my life because I have a purpose. I have a meaning. I have, I can see the path a little bit more because they can see Logan has a path, Yes. You know? Yes, we're we're old because, you know, our path, we think our path is finished, but right. that's not true. You know, with his path, he's got such a long, long time to, to go yeah. forward. Um, I think that he can bring that extra light um, to individuals who are seeing that, oh, it's just too late for me. Right. That's not the case. Yes. I mean, look, suicide has no age bracket. You know, I did a veteran show last week with veteran wives and, you know, over 45,000 people, you know, um, veterans, you know, military have committed suicide more than died in any war. And it's, uh, it is because they, they come back, they're different. They're, they're suffering from post-traumatic stress. They don't know where they fit in. There isn't the support. And uh, they feel no one understands them because they're not the same coming back. And it's the, <laughs> there is no age limit. I myself have thought about it in the past because I went through a rape myself and I went through a few other things. I was a very sickly child and on my own a great deal. There was a lot mm -hmm. of times I wanted just to check out or, you know, bus please hit me. Um, and it's, I understand that despair. And when you're in that despair, there is no reasoning. There is no reason. You cannot see anything above you. There's just got to be an inner voice saying, hold on, hold on, you can get through this. And having people around you, not say snap out of it, worst thing you can say, but just, I'm there for you. You know, let me hold your hand. Let me hug you. Let's, let's watch something funny together, you know, do something. And, and it's sometimes it's just that little shift, isn't it? That little shift that can turn people back to seeing what's possible. It is a little shift. Sometimes it's just a little text messages yes. um, that I sent. And it could be And most of the time it's in the middle of the night. Yes. I will tell you her hardest time was in the middle of the night, yep. two, three, four o'clock, you know, she could get to sleep, but then in the middle of the night. So I kind of kind of, guide myself of how Isabel acted and how she, when her hard times were, when it was difficult, you know, um, what stressors were in her life at that person, at that specific time, you know, did they have a test? Did they have something important at school that day? You know, um, what's going to go on mm -hmm. that night? How yeah. are we going to move forward that night? You know, what can we move? So I send lots of um, meditations out by phone. I'll say, how are you doing? And they'll respond usually. And most of mine are teenage teenagers. Well, not well, most of them. I have some who are up in the thirties um, that I've worked with, um, with the QHHT and, and different uh, modalities. And if I can't, I add other people. I have yeah. a whole bunch of people that I can say, okay, I need this and I need this and I need this. So it's not, 
our foundation is from pain comes strength. And it's not just me. It's a collective of individuals like Willie J uh, and singing the song because of we know vibration is very important to raise the vibration. And I think that's the main key is these individuals have the lowest vibration. Mm -hmm. And how do you lift that vibration? Right. Just so I can get a glimpse of that other side. Yes. Once I get a little glimpse of the other side, then it might be a little, you know, um, thought that mindfulness, uh, mm. that thought forms we can change. And it might just be one or two words, you know, um, where they're at, um, how we say something. Um, and that's very important, being mindful of what you say, what you do, what you, mm. how you act, um, and, yeah. and positive. Don't, don't step in panicked. You know, oh my God, don't do any of that. It doesn't matter what's going on inside of you. You've got to present calm. And mm-hmm. sometimes it might just be sitting there. All I'm going to do is sit with you. Mm-hmm. When you want to talk, when you want to say anything, when you want to hug, I'm here. I'm just going to sit with you. It's one of the hardest things because you want to reach out. You want to hug. You want to stop them. But sometimes it's that. The, there was um, a patrol guy on the Golden Gate Bridge that uh, the amount of lives that he had to talk down, you know, from not jumping. And he said, sometimes it was just the question of somebody listening. You know, they're at the end of the tether, they don't know where else to go. If somebody's there just to listen, just to listen, they can talk it out and someone's saying, you know, we, we can work through that. You're not alone. And look what Isabel has done. You know, she's still with you very much. You can feel her presence, she's here today. But had she not crossed over in this way, you wouldn't have set up the foundation. You wouldn't be saving other lives. You wouldn't be bringing attention to this because let's face it, society doesn't want to know. Oh, no, no, no. That's, you know, I don't want to hear about that. Depression and suicide. No, man, I don't want to hear about that. But Mm -hmm. if we don't talk about it, it's going to continue. And we have to talk about, yes, it's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to talk about it, but we have to, to prevent it. Correct. And, it, and I think the other thing is, is we, as a society, we need to change our thought forms yes. and change our mindsets, you know, that these are not people who are damaged at the very beginning. Isabel had a wonderful life. We, and it all stemmed to one tragic issue that had happened. This is one moment in time. Yeah. What happens if that moment in time didn't happen? You know, we don't know, mm. you know. And there was nothing us as a family could have done besides me. I told the police the day that they came in, I would have had to strap her to my hip 24 seven. And you can't live no. life like that. No, you know, um, no. she's seen sexual assault counselors. She had a sexual assault counselor. Um, and it was so devastating to her. I just found out last year that she ended up having to quit her job because Isabel did everything right. Mm. She was asked to do everything right. So knowing that, you know, makes me want to strive harder. How can we help these people and individuals that don't have a voice? Yes, some some of them will not be prosecuted. You know, we, we know that. And most of them probably won't because of the shame, I, I think, of the individual. But yet we still have to go on with our lives. We have to still move forward and and kind of step out of that box. It's just like you said, PTSD. Our veterans have PTSD. Right. She had PTSD from the sexual assault um, by the boys. Um, and 
moving forward emotionally. And it's all of an emotional, you know, damage that had, had happened. Um, any form here. of trauma, any form of trauma, a post-traumatic stress is going to come about, a trigger is going to happen, and a reaction is going to be had. That is just the way it is. And, you know, it, everybody thinks it's just the, the soldiers, the warriors that have that. No, anybody that's gone through any form of trauma. And, you know, you know your son at 13, losing his sister, um, he has his own trauma, his own mm -hmm. post-traumatic stress, there'll be own triggers. It's what he's decided to do with it. Because, you know, I know this triggers me. I know this causes me pain, but I have decided to be proactive and do something for someone else because that's the way I can cope with it. That's the way I can I can um, not get completely swallowed up by the post-traumatic stress um, disorder there. So it's very, very important that we recognize and never, ever demean the fact that somebody is going through something. Shouldn't you have mm -hmm. got over that by now? Can't you snap out of that? I mean, it happens with people who go through divorces. And right now, we've how many deaths have we had through, through this virus? Mm -hmm. And that means how many families have been left behind? And um, there is an entire aura of this trauma that is out there right now. The only way we're going to heal is together, right? Whether it's suicide, whether it's death by whatever causes, it's we've got to be there for each other. And as far as those young men are concerned, their day will come. You know, sometimes it's not for us to bring them to justice. The justice, mm -hmm. the justice will come in other ways. And if you held on to that, you'd be hold, holding on to the pain instead of being able to put your energy forward into being a solution for others. We wouldn't have been able to move forward if no. we continue to hold on. Yeah. And how I can't judge somebody when it you don't know how they were raised. Right. You know? So that's the other thing is, is we judge people too often. Yes. Stop. You need, we need to stop and stop judging others um, because we don't know what happened the day before. We don't know what triggers um, was said or what was done to them. And if we as a society start, stop judging individuals, then we can move on and, and help others. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is when someone comes to me, I'm, I'm going to listen because I'm not going to judge how you feel or no. what's going on because that actually lowers my vibration. It lowers me yes. when I step into that path. Yeah. So when I step back and being able to listening ear and I listen to them, then that's when I can hear of what we need to do and how we can intervene and how we can help that individual. With our teenagers, the same thing. Um, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, at puberty is a big issue. Mm -hmm. I think my youngest that we have helped um, was sixth grade. Um, and it was a friend of mine. And she was devastated um, because he had a plan. And the plan was to do something after... Um, he was bullied at school. So we're seeing bullying at school that they just rather just go do their thing and not stand up for themselves yes. at school. So um, that is one of the things that we do is talk to school districts and schools and remind individuals, if you hear something, tell your counselors, tell your teachers, make sure that somebody knows because that person could go home by themselves and do their deed and we'll never know why. 
they didn't know that we, it was being bullied. Right. And of course, then you've got the other extreme where those that have been bullied and persecuted somehow can buy a gun and go in and shoot everyone to ease their pain. Mm -hmm. So whether it is uh, their own life taking or taking the life of others, it is that cry of help that they never got. And, you know, when you when you ask people, but yeah, I didn't see any of that. I don't know where that all came from. Right. And it's because as a society, we don't pay attention. It used to be everybody in the village, you know, took a village to bring up a child because everybody watched out for each other's children. And now it's so insular, you know, and so controlled. And we're so got our blinders on. Yes, exactly. And, oh, no, and I don't want you playing with that child. You know, she's got emotional problems. Instead of let's envelop that child into our family and help with those emotional problems. You know, it's where is our compassion? Where is our kindness? And I think that's what we need to teach. We have to reteach all of that kindness and individuality and making sure that people feel special in the way that is helpful and not harmful. Yeah. Um, I think that's um, when I look back at some of the individuals that when I was at home in Illinois, we were talking about an individual that, you know, just feels lost and just has no reason to and he didn't understand life just feels lost yeah. and didn't feel like there was a purpose, you know, and for somebody to be able to step in, not the parents. That's the other thing. Yes, it's yes. hard for the parents yes. to step in to make decision and help them. They almost need to step out of that box and ask for help from other people because we did everything we could, you know, I, I center everywhere. If somebody could have had, you know, that extra, that extra um, that I can give that I was giving on the different side. And I think that's why people respond differently is because it's not their mom. It's not their dad. It's yeah. not their brother. It's not their sister. They're the ones that love me and they have an invest, invested interest versus somebody that is kind of a stranger, you know, mm, they don't have that as a, that interest, you know, as much as my parents do. So they listen a little bit more. Yeah. They take note a little bit more. They understand. Be more objective, more objective, right? Because your own family can't be objective. You go into that parental mode of, oh, no, what can you know? I want to save you. Whereas somebody else can be objective into understanding. And in that objectivity, it can actually come back with a more rational discussion without, you know, and also a child doesn't want to let their parent down. Right. So coming to the parent and say, I'm going for all of this. And immediately the parent is going into, I want to save you, you know, is, is not what they want. You know, I mean, yes, they would love the parents to save them, but they don't want to go to the parent with this because they also don't want to burden the parent. So that. And they're embarrassed. Is, yes. I mean, yes. they're embarrassed because they don't know what to say, how to say it. Mm. It was you know, very difficult. And I'm also finding out is that they don't understand the emotions that they're feeling. Right. So it's not an emotion that has a word. No. You know, there is no words to understand. This has got, this is, this is hard. Yes. Well, how do you despair. say that? Right. Mm -hmm. There's no despair. It, it's somebody's coming and pulled your guts out and, and everything is hopeless. So you can't see any way out. And it's like, I, I don't understand even what I'm doing here. Right. And it's, it, yeah. And so the, I think the other thing is, is, is just moving them out of that despair yes. by, by mindfulness, yes. by vibrations. How are we going to make a difference? Because they can't even, 
they can't put a label on it. No, you can't put a label on some no. of the things that some of these kids have gone through. Right. Um, and going through right now, I mean, I work in a Head Start. Um, so our children have gone through very hard times right now. And being able just to be back in the classroom face to face has helped tremendously. And sometimes it's just a hug and you give yes. those kids that heart to heart hug and knowing that we're there and being part of them and listening to them and, and not interrupting interrupting their conversations so also not trying to come up with you know the the solution you know at this point then it's not about that it's just like i'm in hell right now and i need to be able to articulate that to someone in, in my gobbledygook manner because there aren't any of those words for it i need somebody there to listen and just simply take your hand and say okay i'm there for you i'm there for you we can get through this together right? Mm -hmm. You're not alone. They don't, yeah, okay, now you feel like that. Now, now you need to go and do this. And now you need to go and do that. They don't need that at that time. They just simply need yeah. to know someone cares. And we need to tell, you know, everyone to make sure that you reach out if yes. you're feeling this way. Yes, you know, yes. Because there is you, no shame. There no is shame. no blame. Reach right. out, call the hotline, call mm. a friend, call somebody that that lifts you. Find your positive trigger. Yes. If it's dancing in the middle of the street, then dance. Yep. If it's swimming, go swim, ride your bike, find something that makes you happy. Um, it, we all have those moments in time that we are all down. I'm going to yep. tell you, yes, that has happened this week, you know, to yep. us as individuals. It's like, mm, do we really want to do this? Um, this has been a really hard week for us individually. And like, what are we going to do? I sat outside all day yesterday and just soaked up the sun, right. but I'm not doing anything. I'm going to yeah. be mindful of what's going on and just be in the moment and not have to worry about anything. But everyone has to take time out for themselves. And Self-care. Mm -hmm. How can you be a rock for someone else? You know, if you're crumbling, you know, right? we, you yeah. know, the oxygenate yourself first and it's okay for you to go and have a damn good cry. It's not like, well, mm -hmm. shouldn't you be over it by now? No, you can have a cry Never. over that loss anytime, anywhere. And you need those times where it's just like, I need to switch off from the world and go in. And, you know, I'm sure there's been many, many a time where you just feel Isabel just kind of coming in and, and sitting next to you just uh -huh. being there and it's just that or touching my hair yeah exactly yeah. you know i've got you mom you know here's mm -hmm. my hug here's my hug just simply do nothing just feel my presence mm -hmm. and because you're giving your presence to other people to let them know they're heard they're seen and there's a way out but who gives that to you right and i have a team i have right? a little team that i actually i'm like i'm pulling on them i'm like oh, this is how i feel today okay i'm done yeah um so but that's, that's important though isn't it to do this kind of work please don't go out and do it on your own because it will consume you i, I did for a long time in my counseling where you know people that were in that despair and it just got to a point i just don't know what else to do for them and i'm on my own and i'm taking it all on and you start mm -hmm. feeling that despair you start you becoming you that here. despair so it is important to know when to say uh uh i have to shut down you know when to hand it off to someone else or to say to other people um that rabbit hole has present itself help me mm -hmm. not go down it and there is no sign of weakness in asking for help 
that's the I think it's part of being human courage yes it's part of being human yeah. you know that's that is our emotions we come here for the the emotional experience we want to be we want to feel that but then we want to be able to turn it off when we can and not keep us in that negative lower vibration all the time so i think that's the difference they don't they are not trained they no. don't understand that there's something on that other side that no. is more important than just those negative thoughts yeah, um death is final for the human body but not the spirit mm -hmm. right and when you open up to the fact that that spirit is still there and that some spirits move on that's their job they move on other spirits and say no i'm here i'm around yeah. you know i've got more work to do and it's very very important that we acknowledge that and work with them you know as you said this has got nothing to do with religion it doesn't anything to do whether you believe in god or not it's the source of energy that is we're all particles and when the physical particle goes you know the the ether and the spiritual particle is still there and that presence um there are so many people that I've spoken to who have lost a loved one or lost a child. Um, and you say that, you know, the presence of them there is so strong. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, other people just say it's just your imagination or it's your grief. No, it isn't. It's your connection. And it's okay to have that uh, connection with that person that you've lost. It's okay to have those conversations. It's okay to listen because that's what they've decided to stay to do. They've decided to stay and be with you and help you move forward to do the work that perhaps they couldn't do while alive. And that's kind of the fun part is trying to figure out what their signs and symbols are. So mm -hmm. that's what, another thing that I teach um, the individuals of you get signs and symbols every day. Yes. What is your connection to your loved ones on the other side? So that is part of a healing process of that grief. Mm -hmm. So that way you know that they're with you and they're like, I don't get that. And I'm like, mm, let's step back and see. So yeah. then I present what Isabel sends us. And then they start presenting and like, oh, you're right. This happens all the time. Mm -hmm. I just thought it's coincidence. Right. No, it's not coincidence. No, there's such thing as coincidence. Everything has a purpose, right? Yeah. Everything. So that's one of the things that we, we talk about. And that can lift somebody's spirits, yeah. knowing that they're with them and they're on their side. And that little touch on your head I, I have different individuals that will call me and it's in the, it's quite unique because I've met this individual through my sister and have never met her and she's never met Isabel, but Isabel can come to her in her dreams. And I will tell you, she did save her life. Yeah. And she would be the first one that didn't realize that you have guides and you have angels and you have different spirits guides that can help you. She was closed-minded and didn't yeah. understand any of that. And it's nice now that when she'll call me, I'll say, okay, what's your, what's your spirit guide say? And she's like, why did you ask me? I forgot to ask them. <laughs> so she'll stop and listen, but Isabel will send her mm. the, an eye charm. One mm. night she was really down and she got out of her car and looked down and there was a charm bracelet that was a letter I. Now, come on. Mm -hmm. Where would you ever find the letter I, you know, charm and I then see. hearts and rainbows and yes. numbers and, uh, and all of these rain rainbows is our biggest one. It's not one rainbow. It's usually a double rainbow and hearts. That was the other thing, you know, and I sent you a picture of a heart. Yes. Um, yes. and that was actually, and I haven't really shared this with anybody, but that was placed on our garage floor when her body was removed from the house. 
And um, our priest was there with her and I made him stay there until she left. And um, it wasn't me that found it. It was somebody else that came out and said, look at this. It was a big water puddle the whole day, whole day. Um, and then when she left within that water puddle, it made a beautiful heart. Mm-hmm. And that heart, you can see Jesus, Mary, staff and a cross. Yep. And um, that was our sign. I'm okay. Yes. I'm okay. Mom, I'm okay. I'm a, an empath and um, um, I've spent a lot of my life helping people in the crossing over, but also in uh, messages that need to be passed on. It's not for me to, to in, you know, um, go and seek it. It's what spirit kind of speak, seeks me. And there's been many a time, you know, I've been at a funeral and, they, you know, they've come to me, will you pass this message on? Will you pass that message on? And the message has always been this. I'm all right where I am. I'm safe. I'm happy. I am fine. I don't want you to lose your life with this. I'm with you. I'm, well, I'm this or that. And some people, it's very comforting for them. Unfortunately, there's one mum, mm-hmm. Jehovah Witness, her son died at 13 months, uh, 13 years, and they didn't have a cause uh, of why he died. He just simply died in his sleep. And she went to pieces. She ended up getting cancer and she had two other children that she didn't seem to notice anymore, had a divorce. I mean, just completely went down uh, that path. But I remember going to her and saying, look, he's, you know, Carl's got her message for you. You know, he's by this riverbank and, you know, the water is running and he's feeling free and the wind is in his saying, and it's like, mom, I'm all right, but I worry mm-hmm. about you. You know, I can't be happy if you're worried, if you are wrapped up in this. And uh, unfortunately, because of her religion she wouldn't accept it mm-hmm. and you know this is religion is meant to comfort you guide you support you not block you and if you mm-hmm. can take that you know you, you could still be religious but please understand before modernization of what religion is religion was always that channel connection to the higher source the higher gods and we're now just given that ability to do it ourselves when you open up your soul First, you have to have an open heart. But when you allow that soul to speak through that heart and lift and in that spirit interaction, your mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. Step outside of the doctrine and allow yourself to be immersed in the presence that is around you. And you, like you said, you have to have that open heart. Yes. Um, if you if you keep it closed, then it's very hard to heal and it's very hard to see all the signs and things that are around you because grief, you know, is a whole nother character and it's, it, it, it does. Um, you do go through stages and you can go back and forth, back and forth, and you can have that anger and you can have that resentment and that mindfulness can draw you down. But when you, you recognize it, you can move forward. And I, I, we recognize that when somebody is down or when they're, you know, having so much of that negativity, we, we need to be able to open our hearts or I need to be the person that can say, Hey, look at this, Mm. you know, recognize this, this is really cool. You know, you see, this is going on. Um, This is going on in your life. And then once they start being mindful of what is going on, then they can start peering out of that little trench that they dug yeah. themselves in. Um, but Isabel has been amazing. She's yeah. been um, able to give us lots of signs and symbols um, from the day that she had passed all the way to the day um, of her funeral. Um, she told me 
she told me, um, I, she woke me up at four o'clock. I don't even know how this happened. Woke me up and we were able to ask, my husband was able to ask lots of questions. And she said, hey, by the way, tell the priest, um, I'm going to be late for my funeral. <laughs> we're like, what are you talking about? Sure enough, I open up the door and, and he, Father John opens up and he's like, well, I know you're not doing the greatest, but I'm going to ask you how are you doing anyways? I said, well, we're hanging in there, but I have a message for you. And your message is, Isabel's going to be late. And he's like, mm, okay. <laughs> Didn't know how to take that as a right. Catholic priest. You're right. <laughs> Ladies behind me heard him and she goes, um, later on um, that week, she said, father's never late at a funeral or a mass, not one minute late. We were late. Mm -hmm. We were 15 minutes late. We had 750 people that came to the church. Wow. And we don't know 750 people, but she had touched so many lives and so many different ages, I guess, and nationalities Mm -hmm. that he actually presented that in his homily the next week and said, there was a young lady that we had over 750 people that she has touched our community and made a difference. And um, I actually had another lady come to me that um, I owned a childcare center, a big childcare center in the next town over. And she came and spoke to me and she goes, I have to speak to you in the church where you had your the funeral. And her name was Laura. And <laughs> Father came in and he listened to the whole speech and it was tell the youth, work with the youth. Please work with the youth. Yes. Uh, Forgive me and um, I'm okay. Right. So the the three things that she said and immediately, Father immediately started something with the youth in our church to make a difference. And so that's kind of where this foundation has stemmed from Mm -hmm. uh, because she asked me. Well, that, you know, that's, she's your background force and may the force be with you. It's Isabel. (laughs) It's Isabel's with you. Uh, She's bringing that energy to it because it's, that's the work that she's here to do. Um, And it is the youth, you know, I have a series called the Forgotten Children series and it's, it's about all the children. I mean, God, how many adults have I interviewed with the horrific things that they've gone through in life as a child? And here they are as an adult, they're, they're willing to go through the process and and what they're doing now, you know, is the healing work uh, for others. Um, but you you hear some of those stories and you think, how did you even resemble so much of normalcy or be able to carry on? And it's like we're, we're always given, uh, you know, what we need to carry to go through the process so we can be there for other people. But if we invest in our children now, if we listen to them now, Right from the moment they're born, you know, before they're born, you can talk to them in the belly um, and just listen to them. You will understand there's an incredible amount of wisdom there. And our children, are, we don't own them. We're custodians of our children. We're there to guide and support them and nurture them and, and believe in them. And we need to invest in our children because then we won't have such a dysfunctional society later. And mm-hmm. we won't have you know, the suicidal rate because a child will feel their voice is heard. They feel Mm -hmm. they can go to someone and say, this has happened to me or I am being bullied and not fear the persecution or the reputation that's going to come back to them. Um, So that voice is essential that we give our children. Absolutely essential. And with the work that you're doing is those children and then 
as I said, I was there as a teenager, I've been there as an adult, when you feel like there is no way out, who cares, who listens, uh, we need to, people need to know there's somebody there, there's somebody there that does care, that will listen. And when somebody's talking to you that's going through this process, sometimes they're not making sense because there is no sense. There is no sense in their, in their thinking at that time. And it's not for you to judge how they're thinking. It's just for you to let them know you're there. Here's the hand. Come with me. Mm -hmm. We'll figure it out together. Yeah, exactly. And they want to know that there is that village out there of support. They want mm -hmm. to know that the that um, people do care. I mean, the amount of people that you know, have committed suicide, attempted it and come out the other side and said, thank God I didn't and now understand, you know, that choice, that crossroad, um, what I really need to do now. And we have so much in us to give. Um, but, you know, one of the also sad, sorrowful things is in the way you could have gone, you used the word forgive, you forgave the, the three guys for what they did to her because the judgment has to come from somewhere else, not you. It would have turned into revenge. It would have turned into, you know, um, you know, wanting to, to act out on something in that revenge. And that's, mm -hmm. that's detrimental to absolutely everywhere. Nobody wins. Nobody wins through revenge or revengeful action. So how to forgive? And as you said, you don't forget, but how to forgive and let that go. I think is probably one of the hardest things for, for someone to do. Um, but it is one of the first and biggest steps of healing, isn't it? It is. It is. And then realizing that we have our own, you know, our own soul path that we, yeah. we chose, you know, and, and that's part of that path, but in not being stuck, you know, because then I would be a statistic. You know, because I yes. wouldn't be able to move on. I couldn't help people. I wouldn't be able to, because I would be so distraught. Yeah. You know? And it's, you can either, you can take the easy path or you can take the hard path is what I tell my, my clients, you know, what's the easy path, you know, follow, follow your intuitions, follow your guides, follow it. Or you can take the hard path. Oh, I prefer to drink. I prefer to yeah. do drugs because yeah. I don't want to feel these feelings. Mm. And um, most of the time they'll realize, well, I've done this path. This path doesn't work. So let me try this path. Right. How can we, how can you help me with this path? Because um, medication's not working. Um, all these things are not working. That was traditional. And um, I think that's the difference is, you know, we did the traditional path as well. You know, we did it. And many of my clients have done the, the traditional path. And it's to the point where let's try something different. This is different. Yeah. The traditional path really only takes care of the chin up. Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't take care of the intellect of the heart, the soul and the spirit. And in this equation, the heart, soul and the spirit need to rule because it mm -hmm. will change the mind. Mm -hmm. right? The heart, the soul, the spirit will change the mind. If you're trapped in your mind of I should have, why didn't I? Or why is this happening to me? All of that, it just will eat you up alive. And you can't feel your heart, you can't feel your soul, you can't feel anyone around you. So it's silence the mind, silence the verb, verbality. The way and start with this. Yes, speak with the heart. Speak, let the heart speak to you. The heart is so much stronger. And take that breath, 
breathing <laughs> so huge take that breath get into a breathing as you said you mentioned meditation in all form mm -hmm. of meditation there is the form of breathing what it, why is that breathing so important it releases it lines up your chakras it allows that yeah. energy to come through you it centers you that's the reason why we say to people take that breath because there's such a difference between <gasps> clumping up together and getting caught into something and doing something you wish that you hadn't done as to taking and letting it go and going, okay, I can see things more clearly. I can feel things more clearly. So it doesn't matter which form of meditation is just finding, could be a walk in nature, could be putting on music, could be whatever it is, whatever it is that is soothing to your heart and soul will calm the mind. And we don't talk about this. Mm -mm. We don't talk about this in school. We don't no. teach our kids. We don't teach our kids anywhere of how to heal yourself through aligning yourself with your yeah. chakras. First time I've ever heard of chakras, you know, when I started working in energy work. It's like, why didn't anybody tell me about yes. this? Yes. You know? Yes. I have another colleague friend who... Um, she has a whole yoga platform for children, for teens, and she has a whole meditation thing for them. Because if we teach them when they're young, very young, teach them when they're very young, it now becomes that wonderful skill that they can call on at any time something raises its ugly head. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom used to say to me, um, I was bullied a lot, and she'd say, just listen to them, dear, with a blank look on your face. Mm -hmm. And when they finished, turn around and say, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Were you talking to me? <laughs> it doesn't matter what's going on inside of you. But what mm -hmm. you don't do is feed the bully. That's and it's right. one of the hardest things to do is not respond to the bully. Mm -hmm. It really is, especially if they get yeah. physical. But the more you don't respond, you're not feeding into their insecurity mm -hmm. and their ego. Because uh, um, I met a gentleman who became a bully because he was being bullied and it's like we're going to continue to bully you and make your life a torment unless you join us and start bullying others mm -hmm. and he was in his 40s and he said i still have the guilt today of bullying others and putting them through what i went through and that and so he's changed his life yes he's able to look yes. at it through a different lens yes and see it through a different eyes now so that he had to feel both sides yeah he had to yeah. do both sides to be able to feel that. So yes. it that's he will be a great person to help other people. Yes. You know, exactly. I think that's the other thing is is we we all can help somebody. Yes. It's not just me or it's not just Logan. It's not just my husband. We all um, are helping each other get through this life. You know, our path and and get as many experiences as we can throughout this time as we go through um, and I think that's one of the important things is is how can we make it manageable right how can we make it comfortable mm -hmm. because you're going to go through it yeah that's part of, that's the journey of life going through it realizing your strength your courage your resilience your abilities coming out the other end and go god I I was selling myself short look at who I am today and what I'm doing and I almost gave up and have some joy about it. Yes. Yes. Have that joy at the end of the day saying, I did what I needed to do. I have the joy. Not going to bed sleeping like it's another day. I need to have that joy. And 
how do I bring that spark of joy to individuals? Yes. Self-gratification, and I don't mean it that way. I mean, it when, no. you, when you're living in gratitude, right, mm -hmm. you bring that attitude, mm -hmm. right? And I just, you know, another thing that uh, Isabel wants me to say is that you are working on the human front with your organization, but while those others are sleeping, waking up at four o'clock in the morning, she and her team, because she's gathered mm -hmm. a team on the other side, are working on them. Yes. So it's it, it double-sided the, of the equation here. And time and time I hear that, you know, um, for many of my friends that are here in Florida, they, it's very spiritual where we're at. And we align ourselves with many people that can hear from the other side, which it's very hard for individuals that have never been part of that. Yes. Um, they're like, there's no other side. And like, well, there is. And, mm -hmm. and um, if you listen closely enough, you can hear it, but if once you get over that hump and yeah. understanding it, then there's a whole new world um, that's opened up to you. And then you can embrace that world as well. And I think some of the things that a lot of my clients have this closed mindedness, they don't, mm. they don't see that. And when you open that, it's, it, it makes it a little easier to cope yeah. with life. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's get out of the head, you know, feel it. I'm a kinesthetic person anyway, but, uh, you know, it's about feeling it. Um, feel the knowledge, because when mm -hmm. you feel it, you understand it better. The, all our emotions are there for a reason. They're an indication. Yeah. I'm angry. I'm glad. I'm happy. I'm this. It's an indication of what's going on around you. But don't become emotional about mm -hmm. those emotions. There, There is an indication of where you're at at the moment. Don't get stuck there. Because if you become emotional about it, it starts building and building and building and building, and then it loses all sense of reason. And you're caught up in an hysteria where you feel there is no way out. Nobody cares. And off you go. And then how many people attempt the suicide? It's, they don't want to really leave. It's just a question of call for help or to shut everything down. Right. Yeah. And that's the time to call for help. Yes. And or recognize that person that needs help. Yeah. That's that's kind of our job is to listen to those signs now, and teach others. Approaching somebody that you know that is in emotional distress and they're looking at the suicide way, we even could even have some thoughts of it. Um, again, we cannot come with, a, no, you know, you've got to snap out of it. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. Any of you got to's aren't going to work. What would you suggest for someone who's recognizing that in somebody else of what they should do? Well, if it's immediate and you can call the hotline and, right. and get information, that would be the first thing. And sometimes hospitalization is needed um, to get that immediate, you know, gratification. But when somebody is just kind of pondering that information, you know, and just like, I just, I'm done. I'm really done. Try to figure out what is going on or try to move them forward past that moment. Let's move forward. That thing is done. Whatever is haunting you, it's finished, it's over. You don't have to go back to that. Let's move forward and see, oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that picture is. Uh, for people who are forward. Yeah, exactly. If you're people who are listening to this, we suddenly a palm tree in the beach has come up into my background and the wind is blowing. So that's the saying, move forward. <laughs> okay, we got the message, Isabel. <laughs> move forward move forward and just don't stay there um, yeah. and and that's what we do you know listen listen um to that individual 
life is about fluidity of moving forward you know when we get stagnant that's when things ferment and you know uh, and all sorts of stuff starts growing there that is not you know uh, mm-hmm. not healthy for us mm-hmm. uh, we are you know why is the the wind why do do the rivers flow why does the earth speak why do the trees move because they're constantly in movement and we are 70 percent water and oxygen and the wind and we need constantly be in fluidity and uh, you know that doesn't mean you know constantly changing a thought but it means always being on a trajectory that is moving progressively forward and it's okay to pause and to be still and to take everything around you because that mm-hmm. fortifies us as your fuel to move forward again but if you are in tune if you open up to the beautiful messages that are out there, you don't have to go calling on them. You just have to be open. Everything is a channel. As I said, the, the people that come to me, I'm on the same frequency. So that's the reason why they come to me. The people that will come to you are on your wavelength, on your frequency, and they will come with a message. Sometimes the message doesn't make any sense to you. But if you just let it sit there in your psyche, it will reveal its meaning to you as you move forward, you will suddenly realize what that was, how to use it. But if you're not open to that wonderful divine message and that partnership, that partnership as a human being with the spiritual being, which makes us a whole and makes us truly understand why we're here and the work that we're here to do, you are going to be forever chasing an illusion just from the human self and that's a lot of what lets people down why do our youngsters do this and not just the cyberbullying, but it's also this constant pressure and expectation of that you've got to be this to be popular you've got to be thin to be that you've got to be uh, excel at that you've got to be great at sports nobody's going to like you if you're different or if you're a nerd or if you're that you're that because somewhere along the line that's been society's dictation now if we take that dictation out and say be your glorious wonderful in your flawsomeness in your quirkiness be yourself mm-hmm. because you are the unique being that we need you know in this dish of life then we're saying to people it's okay to be different who wants to be the same anyway we all need to be different we all need to show our true light i think yeah. that's the other thing is, is if we do that then if we're all the same, how boring that would be. Oh, I mean, God, total right. dullness. And, and, you know, we all have a different experience when we open up that, those channels. Mm-hmm. You, know, it, mm-hmm. it, you know, for some people, it is a revelation of what they're meant to do. You know, some people suddenly discover a skill. Uh, some people, it's an understanding of all the struggles they went through and what they need to do with it. You know, and it is, it is no one size fits all. Or I, I want what she had. No. It's Mm -hmm. your own unique experience. It's what you do with it and the impact that you have on others with it. As I said, Isabel chose to cross over. It wasn't Mm -hmm. a way out for her. It was repositioning herself in in a place that she felt she could do more work. Mm -hmm. And as I said, she's got a gathering of her own team over there. That's working on those in in those dark times at night because night is, is a time of that cosmic stillness that um, can really penetrate. Uh, She's doing her job here and she will bring you the people that need the help on the Mm -hmm. human realm. So you've got a good partnership going on with her. 
We do. We do have a good partnership. And many of the other ones that she's worked with is a partnership and they'll be part of um, the healing center when we open. Um, that's our goal is to open up seven healing centers throughout the United States where ind individuals can come to learn themselves again. So um, where they can stay um, and learn to meditate, to breathe, to learn their passion, what they're passionate about um, and not worry about who's texting me. Yeah. Who's talking bad about me? Who's on that social media? To stop all that, stop that negative connection. You yeah. know, stop, um, stop that energy vampires uh, that are you know sucking your energy and trying to regroup and reground and learning what they're capable of doing versus um, not understanding that it's not working the traditional right. way. Right. You know, it's not just suicide that we lose people to. We, we lose mm -hmm. them to addiction. And there was yeah. one mom interviewed who um, she realized she couldn't save her daughter. Mm -hmm. um, her daughter would, you know, go into rehab, come out, be all right for a few days, right back again. She got shot and mm -hmm. she, her mum brought her home and thought, we've, you know, this, this was the catalyst. This is going to stop. She's going to take a different path right back to the addiction until eventually she was murdered and it was like it no matter what i did no matter what i said no matter what help i got i couldn't help her mm -hmm. and there are sometimes those those people that just you can't so what she had to do the mum had to help herself for the sake of the family because mm -hmm. you you know you've got to remember what else goes on in the family in your case your husband is very much with you with the spiritual side of things some other may not be you know like mm -hmm. the mom feels it the dad doesn't or the vice versa the kids don't you know the, the kids have that repercussion but your son all right he's gone through his trauma it's the triggers are still there but he's decided to be proactive on this and be a solution so it is a choice isn't it it is a choice of what we do with it whether whoever we've lost of what we can do to not only honor their name and their memory and their energy, but also to prevent other people from going through the same process. Yeah, and understanding their healing process yeah. too. That the healing is is very important. And if you don't heal, that is going to be more trauma down the road. So you have to face it now. <sighs> then wait twenty years. I guarantee know. you, you wait 20 years, it's triple the energy to get rid of it. All right, please, kids, nip yeah. it in the butt. Do it now. Do yeah. it now. You're, you're going to have to do the work on it. I promise mm -hmm. you, you have to. Everybody has to go through that process, has to mm -hmm. go through it. Go through it when you're younger. You'll get through it a lot quicker. You'll find your meaningful purpose a lot faster. You'll be more exuberant in what you do in life. Don't let it pile up decade after decade, because it's so much harder to undo then. And it's so, it, this is so true, because when Logan goes to class with me, he's like, he'll look around and he's like, I'm the youngest one here. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. because I'm pretty lucky to understand yes. what's going on. He goes, yes. And they're all like, we cannot believe that you're so young, Logan, and you understand yeah. so much. And, and it's actually a sense of pride that he understands what's going on. And it took, and he's like, how old are you? How long did it take you to understand all yep. this? It's a long time. Yeah. 
And the thing is, it's not a question of the age. As I said, we have so many indigo children right now. They are, yeah. they are um, not born of, of the human world. They're born of the spiritual world that are, they're bringing to humanity. And we're also in those energetics that are changing, going, the volume's going up every single day of to yeah. a higher, higher level, higher hertz of love. And mm -hmm. we're going to see so much more of these children with their beautiful soul minds, you know, change the way society is. And uh, we're there, we have to be there to help them. Yes, and I think that's what we're seeing. Some of these children who are struggling right now, yes. just in general, I mean, just, you know, with little things that might bother them, they didn't expect some of these things that happened to them. Yes. Um, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be so traumatic that it it's, what I'm trying to say, it doesn't have to be a traumatic thing that happened to you or your family that you still have pain. Yes. And that pain is to be able to move forward and how you're going to move forward. Um, I'm finding a lot with puberty. Yes. You know, it's a, might be the trigger of some of this. Well, I, you know, let's face it. Um, you know, we talk about the terrible twos, but oh, when, yeah. ki when kids get into the teens, you know, mm -hmm. we'll see, sometimes it's like the exorcist, the head goes spinning around. You know? yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, who are you? And it's, it, it, there's so much going on physically, hormonally, emotionally, and spiritually going on in them that it's too much of an overload. And then you've got the exterior pressures of you can only be popular or liked if you're this. And, you know, they're in their own self-discovery of who they are as that teen of where they want to go. Uh, and then you've got those expectations that are all around them. And, you know, sometimes you get it from the pressures for the parents. You must get good grades. You will go to university. You will do this. You will do mm -hmm. that. I don't do any of that. I just want to be an artist. No, you can't be an artist. That's a loser. And you've got that battle going on on top of everything else. So mm -hmm. it is a terrible time. And you can understand why there's so much suicide within teens because of that struggle. It's not a nice time to go through. No, it's not, but if it you should can be, be there fun. for them. Yeah. And it should be fun. Yeah. Teenager years are supposed to be fun. Yes. And that's what I tell them. This is a time that you're supposed to explore. Yes. You're supposed to make mistakes. Yes. You're supposed to do all of these things. You have to learn them on your own. Me telling you how it works is not it. You know, you're not going to. Or place expectation on them. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the only expectation is this, that you be as true to yourself honest mm -hmm. to your core, heart, soul, and mind and spirit, uh, that you, in your, in your self-discovery and your journey of who and what you are and here to do, that you always look for that authenticity and not those right. voices from the outside. Right, right. You know, and then as you talk to the individuals, we talk about diet and things yes. that we eat and, and we talk about what makes you happy and how are these things going to affect you and your family? So, and sometimes, you know, the family is a big part of why they're feeling the way they are. Yeah. And you can't change some of those, but you can change your outlook and how you feel as you move forward. So you're going to have some struggles and some barriers down the way but it's not always going to be there because you can move forward you're going to grow older you're going right. to move and you can move out of that house at a yes. certain time um, and that's the other thing there's always an option you mm. always have that option so and the thing is if you are going through that and you can't leave the home or you're in a foster home again you mm -hmm. know from one to the other 
the thing is, if you, in your own self-discovery, find your own inner core strength and you have re resources, resilience and, and abilities, you will learn to cope with that so much more. You will learn not to let whatever's going on affect you so much more. And that when it is time for you to be able to walk away from there, you're not going to be walking away broken, discombobulated with nowhere, nowhere knowing where to go, mm -hmm. just with the trauma. You're going to be going forward as an individual who is strong and resilient and ready for their next chapter in life. Yeah, and that's our goal. That is our goal for them to be strong and be able to be the individual um, and show and, and see that happiness. Yeah, important to have, important to be. Um, as I said, you wouldn't be on this path if it wasn't for Isabel. So, you know, it was, uh, it was all part of the cosmic plan. And sometimes it's like, well, why did you have to do it to such an extreme? But then yeah. we can't argue, you know, with mm -hmm. that plan. And as I said, Isabel's fine. Mm -hmm. She's absolutely fine. And I said, she's got her own team there. She's doing her own work. She is not carrying any of the pain. And, and she's with you all the time. Mm -hmm. Right, because uh, the work that you're doing is the other side of the coin. And, uh, you know, by that beautiful work that you're doing together, um, it's going to save a lot of lives. But not just save them in the moment, but mm -hmm. empower them, empower them to be more self-empowered in their own life and not let all this exterior control them or bring them down. We've learned a lot in the last two years. Um when she had passed. So I think that is the empowerment. We had to empower ourselves yeah. first. And then when we learned how to do that, then we can help the others along the way. But yeah, you have to, you have to move forward. And how can you move forward in your own light and your own abilities? Um, because we all have something. We all have yeah. a gift. Yeah. And you know, you all have bad days. And it's okay for you to take that day and have that cry and nurture yourself, but go and do something that you know that is that warm blanket around you. That's something that is there that is loving for you and that is going to soothe your heart and soul because it will calm your spirit, it will calm your mind. And then you, you know, you can get back up and go about what, whatever you need to be doing. But that self-care is so important because it's your own rejuvenation, but it's also your own release. Otherwise, you know, the pain of what you're seeing, the suffering of what others are doing, you can take on. It can ignite that memory of pain mm -hmm. within yourself and it can consume you. So the caregivers must pay attention to taking care of themselves and to say, mm -hmm. bad day, have to be absent. I need some love and caring right now myself. Correct. Just because you're doing this work doesn't mean, you know, you're made of iron. No. Right? We are not. We no. are human too. So we yes. have to work. We have to work together and we have our own team as well. Mm -hmm. So we all, that's how, how, I think that's how the world works. You know, yeah. we have to count on the village. Yes. We are part of that village and we play an active part of that village. You can't raise a child without going to school and doing yeah. certain things. You have that village around you. You want to and, and looking at that village, oh, who's there? Logan. Hi, Logan. Hi, Logan. We've been talking about you. I heard. <laughs> yeah, you heard. How are Good. You? I'm doing great, and I'm really, I'm hoping that you will come on and share with us from your perspective. Because as I was saying to your mom, you know, we as moms are always going to come at it from the motherly type of thing. But for you yourself, 
as a youth, you're speaking to the youth that can relate to you. You can speak in an understanding that a way that reaches them sometimes so much more than it does as adults, uh, because we are kind of considered separate from any emotions um, in, in a kid's eyes. So I do hope you come and share with us your story one day. Yes, thank you. And, you know, congratulations and kudos to you for choosing, you know, to find the strength and the courage and to continue this work on. And, uh, you know, and your sister has got a, her two big arms wrapped around you right now and saying that she's with you as well. So um, I look forward to, to bringing you on as well and hearing that story, um, you know, from your perspective, because you must see this all the time. You're in the midst of it, school, everything. And, it can be despairing, can't it, to see somebody else going through all of that, knowing what could happen unless somebody intervenes, unless somebody steps up and says, I'm here for you. Yes. So we, we will talk to mum about booking you in and uh, having you come and share your story as well, um, which is very uh, much I'm needed. I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. Um, we have an incredible amount of youth out there right now. You, you're awesome. You kids are absolutely awesome. You've got so much common sense about you. And I think it's just that liberty of letting you know that the future needs you. Right? Yes, we, correct. Yes. Strong mind, heart, body, and soul. And so, yeah. So we would talk about that on our show. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm going to give her back the headphones. So okay. I won't be able to hear. <laughs> okay. Great. Hello. Yeah, definitely having him share his story, as I said, is that we often don't understand what our kids are going through. We, we, we give you everything you want. You know, you have all these skills and abilities. I don't understand the way you're feeling. And no, we don't, because we're seeing it from a parent's point of view or teacher or whatever's point of view. When a kid can speak to another kid and understand what they're going through, then there is that sense of not being alone and that sense that somebody hears me, somebody understands what I'm going through. So the more that Logan can empower other kids to join in on this work, the more impactful it's going to be. So I look forward to interviewing him. Very good, nice, nice. You're doing wonderful work, all of you. And, you know, it's, I always celebrate the mums that can, after a child has gone, choose in some way to honor their child by doing something that was meaningful to the child and meaningful to you and it's it takes courage to do that and i know you have your good days and your bad days but the fact that you've decided to go out there and shed light on it but not only that that slight that slight pivoting of someone's thought mm -hmm is literally could be life and death. Letting them know they're not alone could be life and death. And, you know, we didn't name it Isabel's Foundation. We need right. it from pain comes strength right. so that everyone is part of it. Yes. Everyone's yes. pain is going to be their strength at the end. And people don't realize it when they're in the pain. But when they've gone through the pain, they can recognize it and go, look how much stronger I am because of it. And that's, you know, why is it that way? Why was it designed that way? Who knows? But that is the way it is. We gain so much through the pain and the anguish we go through. 
we learn so much about ourselves and our abilities and what we're really here to do. Our meaningful purpose comes out on it. Don't get stuck in the pit. And that's one of the reasons why Willie wrote the song. Yes. Willie J wrote his song, um, Isabel, and it, it talks about the struggles that she has gone through through her life. And Isabel pretty well wrote the song. Yeah. Um, we sat down and we wrote it together, but there were some words that she did not want, and there were some words that she wanted. And one of them was her external beauty. She did not want to talk about that. She mm -hmm. did not want to talk about her long hair and, right. and how pretty she was. She wanted to talk about her internal beauty yes, and the beauty that she has gained and how she respects others. Um, many of the things that I had heard through um, after her passing was, is Isabel would give the shirt off their back. Um, if she mm. didn't understand something, she would make sure that they understood it. Yeah. or she would help them and how many times that she's gone out of her way to help somebody else. Yeah. And I didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many things that she has done in the long run to build her own soul. And, and I think that was part of healing. You know, she was able to help others and she knew that she did it without even any consequences. Sometimes she would get in trouble and it wouldn't yeah. be her consequences, yeah. but she would never say that. No. And you know, there's something I got to really uh, reiterate here. Her suicide wasn't a cop-out. No. It was a redirection for her. She knew she could do more work on the other side and she doesn't condone suicide. She understands it. And her own suicide wasn't because she couldn't cope anymore. She just knew she'd be able to do more work. Being on I think it was side. an awakening, awakening yes. for individuals to yes. say, look how pretty she was. Look how everything was so perfect. Everyone thought everything was so yeah. perfect. How can this happen to her? Yeah. How, you know, and yeah. that's what a lot of people said. And we, you know, made sure that, you know, this is the platform. Yeah. Yes. How can she be bullied? Yes. You know? You look at her pictures. How can yes. she be bullied? Um, yes. She was a model. She was mm. on a billboard as a model at the float tank center in um, our hometown, right on the highway. People were jealous. And she was the platform to make sure that she can change. She yes. changed lives. Yes. And look at the path that you're on now. Look at the work that you're doing now. Look, it's not just a question of saving the lives. It's all very well saving a life. It's enlightening a life. It's empowering a life. It's who they become because you saved them, because you redirected them. Yeah. Letting them shine. Letting them what shine. What are you going to do for your light to shine? When you walk in that room, yeah. people are going to turn their heads and say, oh, who's that? Yeah. You're going to shine. Yeah. Switch on that light bulb of theirs, right? You know, it's like we've all got it. We're all here for a reason. We've all got a gift for all the meaningful purpose. And it's stepping into it. And, you know, nobody yeah. just goes, I'm going to uh, grow up and commit suicide one day or grow up and be a drug addict or grow up and be this and that. It's circumstances lead them to that. And a great deal of the time, it is because they don't feel heard. They don't even know how to articulate how they're feeling. They just feel so trapped and they feel there's no way out. Let's show them the path out. And it comes with love and it comes with understanding. It comes with compassion and it comes with listening. Care. Please start caring for other people. 
when you see something in someone else, no matter what their age, you see somebody struggling. Sometimes it's simply a hug, a cup of tea, listening to them, letting them know that there are text messages that you said, something that lets them know, I see you, I'm here for you. It literally can be the, the difference between that choice of exiting or staying. And it's never too late. Never. No, never. How did you meet Willie J? Um, I actually met him through an, uh, another friend. Um, it's kind of a long story. Uh, Dante was living with us from Puerto Rico. Um, when the hurricanes came through, we were text messaging back and forth. And he was now longer be able to attend high school. And he was a senior, so he needed to finish his high school year. So I offered him to come live with us. Didn't know who he was. He was the mm -hmm. same age as Isabel, never really met them. Um, so they decided to let him come and stay with us for the rest of the year. At that time, Aaron, who Aaron Emick is a friend of mine through church. Um, he was the athletic director and I coached Actually, I think I coached boys basketball at the time. And um, Aaron heard about Dante and was taken back and he offered to pay for him to go to a Catholic school. So he paid for his way to go to school. And then Aaron and Willie were friends. And when they found out about it, they decided to write a song called We Love You Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. So that song is written for the family in Puerto Rico um, who lives in downtown San Juan. Um, they still live there. They were out of power for a hundred days. Yeah, ridiculous. And it's been very hard for them. Mm. So during the time that uh, Dante stayed with us, Isabel had passed. And this was um, one of the very first um, deaths that their family has had. Mm. Um, and at that time, you know, we were all very an emotional distress and um, I have a new uh, a, a child that is you know family that is with us um, and it came to the time where we just sat down and just had a conversation what should we do what is the next step what what are we going to do to make a difference and we decided that um, possibly another song would be mm -hmm. would would help would help and that's kind of how it ended up. We did um, lots of meetings at restaurants and our one restaurant that we sat down with and um, it just came up with the words. Um, I was at an afterlife conference in um, Scottsdale, Arizona. Mm -hmm. Isabel was part of the 30 with um, Sonia from Brazil and um, she was able to channel her with her, uh, her equipment. And I was um, one, of the, one of the speakers out there for um, QHHT. And Explain during that, what QHAT is? It's past life regression. Um, I use the Dolores Cannon um, method, and it is going back to the past. Um, that is something that might be triggering your pain mm -hmm. in, in this current life. Yeah. So what we did was um, I was talking about that. And throughout that time, we were talking back and forth about what high vibration, vibration words, high vibration words. And um, it just kind of all fell in place from after, the, after that. And uh, he wrote the song um, probably one week after we had met and sent it to me. And then I ended up having a music festival for Isabel um, in our hometown um, a year later. 
uh, in May. Uh, it rained and we didn't have as many people come out, but they were one of the speakers and, and songwriters and, and, uh, and played their music for us. And mm-hmm. it made us all feel so much happier um, when music, because Isabel yeah. loved music. She yeah. would blare it in the, in, in the Jeep and she would blare it with her friends and she would sing and they would just sing and sing and sing. So it was a perfect combination mm-hmm. um, with Willie. And um, I gave Willie a picture of Isabel and he keeps it in his wallet and he pulls it out whenever he feels like he needs, needs mm-hmm. to speak to her. So it's been a friendship, a growing friendship now um, to the point where now the song is, is, finished and now we're getting ready to release the song and it's very emotional song um it's high vibration words it makes you think um it's very catchy um he uses her name in in the title and within the song so um i feel that we will get a lot of feedback from this yeah well, it's actually the fact when I was interviewing Willie, I was uh, just listening to some of his music and I came across the Isabel song and, and uh, you know, actually asked him, asked him about it on the show because he said, not been released yet. And um, and that's how, you know, it came. You've got to meet Laura. <laughs> and, so, and that's how that came about. But, you know, he's very much governed by not only his mission, his purpose, but by the spirit. Um, if You know, music can be just sound. But when music is governed and by spirit, then it, it is a totally different vibration. And it's a huge healing modality for me whenever I'm feeling down. And, you know, having her voice, so to speak, come through the music is, again, another very healing platform. Um, so it's just a, another way of... And the thing is, she doesn't want her story out there for people to be sad. Mm-mm. Right. It's not like, oh, feel sorry for me or anything else. You know, I made the choice for this reason. I want you to care about those others that are struggling. And you can get through it. Yes. Yes, you can get through it. But you need to step into heart, soul and spirit to do it and step out of the head because the head can be the enemy. Yes, it, it can be. And that was one of the things that we worked really hard on with her as well and trying to make sure that she understand it's just not all that you know. You, you yeah. think that you know everything, but you right. really don't. And we're still learning on a daily basis, you know. Doesn't matter how old we are, right? Every day left, uh, there is a life lesson to be had. And that's what makes it exciting. You know, it, I wish... The people who are at the end of their tether would kind of realize there's so much more exploration out there. There's so much more wonderment out there. There's so much more beauty out there than there is ugly. And, you know, what we, what we water will grow. And if we decide to, to water the love, water the possibilities, then we're actually going to see those beautiful opportunities of, of reason to stay. Um, it's, I know, I know the darkness that can just completely swallow you up, but just make sure you always turn your focus to that speck of light because it's ready to open up when you are. And find somebody that can open that speck of light. Yes. I mean, there's somebody in your life yes. or our foundation or yeah. you or anyone yeah. that is going to stop and listen. You know, we don't want you to be struggling all no. your life and not have your voice. You have right. a voice. Use your voice. Use yes. your spirit. Use your abilities and find out what it is. You have no idea of 
just showing somebody some kindness, just listening to them at the bus stop, at the coffee shop, somewhere, mm -hmm. the grocery store, yeah. you know, how it can change their lives. I've, I've you know, heard somebody who shared their story that the woman at the grocery store was having a really bad day and she decided when she got her groceries just to pull her aside a moment and say, what can I do for you, love? And she said that the woman was going home to commit suicide. Right? She was leaving food in the cupboard for the family. She was going home to commit suicide. And because someone stopped and talked to her, she didn't. Mm -hmm. Now, that's that. That's you know, it's just such a huge impact of just caring. Stop walking around with the blinkers on. Take them off. Let your soul and your heart show you the people that are needing that love and simply care. We've lost that caring ability for each other. It's all about what you should be and your popularity and how many people following you. Who gives a damn? It's about the one, the two or the three people in your life that you care for. And it's about you. Care for you. Care mm -hmm. for you. It's okay for you to have self-love. When you do, you step into joy. You step into purpose. You step into the light of life and then you become that glow for others, that beacon of hope for others. And sometimes when you are so down and you can't see the other side, you almost have to surrender. Yes. Surrender so that you can break through. Yep. Don't try and, and push. Don't try and mm -hmm. dictate. Allow. Right? It's, allow. it's like you forgiveness. You can allow it. Yes. You can allow it to open up. Yes. It's the same with forgiveness. Allow it. Don't dictate it. Don't give it conditions. I will if. None of that. Just release and allow. Surrender. And for your listener, is, is surrender is probably the, the hardest thing yes. to do. Yes. And we don't teach that either. You no, know, we what don't. What does that mean? What does yes. surrender mean? You know, when you're down and out, that is going to be, you just say, okay, I'm just surrendering to the light. I'm surrendering to whatever needs to be surrendered to. Yep. And just feel that vibration, feel that energy. And sometimes you will actually feel it in your heart well, yeah. and you might get a heartache. You might yeah. feel like you're having a heart attack, but it's opening up your heart with lots of love. Mm. I challenge you tonight to lay in your bed and just close your eyes and breathe and take that deep breath and feel your heartbeat and feel the love within your heart. And just release all the negativity. Just release it and just you have no space for it. No. If you have love in your heart, soul, and spirit, there is no room for hate, anger, loathing. There isn't. It doesn't mean that they're still not, you know, holding people accountable or being responsible. It just means that you are going to feed the waters of love. Because that's where creativity, that's where possibilities, that's where opportunities come from. And we've just got to let people know, doesn't matter what age you are, if you're at the end of your tether and you think there is nothing to go on for, there is. There is so much to go on for. Please don't give up now. Ask for help. Reach out to someone. Reach out to you at your foundation and realize that people do care. And you are so much stronger than this. Do not take the exit. Right? You're at a cul-de-sac. Look at it that way. It's not the end. It's a cul-de-sac. You need, to, you need to turn around and take a different direction. Right? And that's, that's the importance of it, that there is always hope. There is always something else. You can see the light. Not everything is darkness. The thing about darkness, it, get, it gets a bad rap. 
you've got to be the light in your darkness. When you're in darkness where you only see the light, you're chasing it and you feel despair. When you become the light, you can go into darkness in peace. And it's a beautiful place to be. And we all make mistakes. Yes. Oh my God, stop beating yourself up. Don't think that we are perfect. We are not all perfect. No, flawsome. We're flawsome. Right? We all have flaws. We all make mistakes. That's how we learn. Right? That's how we we pivot and go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't do that. Okay? And that is okay. I've learned from that. Forgive. Move on. Know better. Apply better. That's all it is. How do people become a part of your foundation? If they want to kind of step up and help or if they want to you know, call for help, what do they do? Um, actually, they can go from paincomestrength.com. Um, there is some information on there. They can call me. My cell number is actually on that uh, website. Um, and you can text me anytime and I can reach out to you. I have several, actually moms who has uh, daughters or sons have passed away that has reached out to me and heard about the foundation I mean, it's just all over the world. And I'm mm. like, how did you hear? And, mm. and it was just kind of a fluke with, with the name. Um, mm. and, and so you can reach out to me. That's the best way. We have a Facebook also from Pain Come Strength or Laura Surya um, is my Facebook as well. Um, you may reach out that way. And um, Willie J also. Willie J is a friend of mine. You can reach out to him as well. And um, he will get some information to me as well. And as I said, we're going to close out with his song, and Isabel um, is also on the show page. And, uh, you know, folks, please do not turn your head the other way because it's a difficult conversation. Um, we are very much a part of the solution. And it simply can be sometimes just giving somebody the time of day of listening of showing them that you care, that there is a way out. And that sometimes is all that somebody needs in order to change. And in other cases, and you know, with teenagers, most certainly it can be more heightened because everything is heightened at that time. Everything is heightened. And you know, it might take a little more for them to redirect. And this is where I say, you know, having your son come on and speak to that because he's speaking to his generation. And, you know, he's letting them know firsthand what, it, what it's like to lose someone, um, but what can come from it. And so his voice is very much needed. And I invite other youth, please do not hide. We need your voice. We need you to step and say, I felt suicidal and this person said this or this person did that. I need someone to say, you know, you have to stand up and say, I will not accept this cyberbullying anymore. I'm empowering myself to say it has no effect on me. We need more of those stories to show people that there is a solution. There is a way out that you don't have to end it all. Yes. Thank you so much for all your time and your effort that you've put in and giving this information out to all of our listeners and um, for the podcast. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you coming and sharing. So it is from pain comes strength.com from pain comes strength. Yeah, folks, when we're in labor, <laughs> we're an excruciating amount of pain. And then we realize how strong we are when we have this beautiful child in our arms, right? There is always something beautiful to come out of pain, always. 
but you have got to go through the pain and you can't avoid it. I'm sorry, you know, and taking any form of drugs or addiction of any kind is not going to have you avoid it. You're just putting yourself in more pain. So know that you're not alone. Um, we have Isabel in the spirit world working alongside and I believe me, she has got a team there, a big team, and you're doing this wonderful work. And uh, I really do hope that you manage to get this duplicated around the world. Um, it needs to very much have a presence in the schools. Um, to, to this should be not just, you know, a counselor. That, there's something about a counselor, a little bit of a stigma there. You know, mm -hmm. I went to the counselor, somebody saw me going to the counselor. Well, what's wrong with you? You know, we don't want any of that. Yeah. We want to give them a safe place where they feel they could go. So your presence should be in all of the schools where they feel there is no shame for me asking for help. That goes for the bullier as well. Mm -hmm. Bullier, you are in pain. You're in excruciating pain. And the reason why you pass that pain on to others because you don't know how to cope with it yourself. There's help for you too. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And I look forward to having Logan on and sharing his story as well. And we're going to close out with your wonderful song of Isabel. And thank you for opening your heart and the spirit with us today. And thank you, Isabel, as well. Keep up the great work because you're making a huge difference. So until thank next you. time, folks, remember, kindness, caring, listening, being present, opening up your heart and eyes to where other people are struggling and just simply being there. Till next time. Bye for now.
We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here at selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.